Hello, everybody! Welcome to episode two of the Hero Podcast. And today I have with me one of my favorite people in the world, one of my besties, and my mentor. Um, because if it's all about, if episode one was all about my my story and why I'm podcasting, episode two I brought on my one of my mentors, which is Ms. Roz Russell. Um, she is a strategic commercial branding genius. She has incredible insight um, and instinct for consumers and how they think and their journey. She's over 15 years um, of a career in a luxury across luxury brands. Um, she has a sixth sense for retail, which I say is part of her uh, is because she's dyslexic, which is a superpower. Um, but really, she is just oh, she's just got it. She is just such. I'm so glad she's on Team Nikki Hoyne. Um, but she's here. Hi, Ross. Hello. How wow. Are you doing? Oh my God. Can you be my personal cheerleader and come when I'm having those moments of freaking out? Yeah. Life? Yeah. Cool. That's what we do. It's what we it's do. It's called WhatsApp voice message. Oh my God. <laughs> what would we do without that? I know. Well, we wouldn't uh, kill our data and our phone batteries. Uh, so Ross, will you run through your CV just so people understand who the hell you are and why I think you're so freaking awesome? Oh my god, you said 15 years, that makes me sound incredibly old. Okay, so I started life, um, I started actually in the shop floor, believe it or not. Are you Scottish? Yes, I'm Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> What's that got to do with the price of milk? <laughs> oh, actually, it's got a lot to do with the price of milk, so you get yeah. um, more entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs per head in Scotland than you Why do in that? any other part of the UK. There you go. Okay, okay. so... I actually started off on the shop floor working for a women's fashion brand after I completed uni um, and I did an arts and business degree there and I was like, my God, I've spent four years at uni, I cannot be doing this for the rest of my life, what am I going to do? CEO came to visit and uh, she's an amazing um, inspirational woman and I kindly handed in my notice and she asked why I was leaving and I told her and she said, there's a job in London, do you want it? And I went, sure. And in four days at a time, I was in London, starting my career down here. Yeah, mm-hmm. down here. And I've been here ever since. So I've been here since 2003, 2004. Oh, so there we go. So I started off there. Unfortunately, the company um, went into, well, they didn't go into administration, but they cut, uh, they closed their retail business and purely focused on wholesale. So retail is when you have a concession within a store. So um, after then, I then went to work for one of the great British luxury brands being Burberry. Nice. Um, yeah, amazing. It was really good. So I actually worked in what was called their outlet division. So I was very lucky to be involved with the setup of the store in Florence, ah, which I took you to. Which we just came back from. Um, and the outlet business is ex- very interesting, very interesting. So it's how you control a luxury brand in a discounted way whilst protecting the brand. Amazing learning journey. Um, then after Burberry, I went to Selfridges. Yes. Um, and my, oh my favorite God, store in the whole. The world. yellow store. Selfridges is amazing. Um, I was working for, or within all the most amazing brands in the world, working on what we call Avon. As a beauty, be- the beauty buyer. Beauty buyer for yeah. fragrance and skincare. Uh, um, negotiating exclusivities, um, Tom Ford fragrance launched with us. Wow. Black Orchid, that was huge. I mean, absolutely huge. And um, Thierry Mugler, Alien, that launch. Massive, that was yeah. one of the biggest launches. Um, Fleur Bomb, uh, Victor and Rolf. Yeah. Okay, now I'm kind of showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, John classic. Pond. John Pond. classic. Then I moved to another company where I met Nikki Hyde. Yay! I, I went to Elizabeth Arden, but I went to work on their fragrance portfolio because they were doing licensed brands such as Alberta Ferretti, Halston, Nanette Lepore, Gant, and oh, I can't even say the next one. Jessica Tour. Brittany? No, it was Brittany. It was before the Jissy. Ah. It was Brittany. So Brittany paid my wages. Brittany paid all of our wages. Can you believe it? Yeah. And that was a massive learning experience. What an amazing brand. Good jewels, but that's a real case. We had some crack, though. I we always did. say, like, the crack. That's the best fun I ever had. Anyway. Like, we just freaking laughed. Ah, like. I've had better fun. But you know what? But the we sad laughed, thing, though. Yeah. We laughed. The and we had such a great little team. Yeah. And... The team was amazing. But the sad thing was, you've got one of the oldest brands in cosmetics and they just don't look after the brand no. i mean you've got some amazing products in there yeah. and they dump stuff onto the gray market and you're like oh my god the products are the jewels the gray the market being that t- the tk max where the spanish part of the business might sell it into the uk yeah so it's if a different part of the business yeah. isn't making the numbers they will dump stock it will end up into non-authorised stores you might get it in places I was going to say Savers but actually you do get things in Savers what's that? Um, like Savers is a, it's a bit more glorified than the okay. pound shop but not far off you do get fragrance in there wow. so they buy it off a jobber that's what happens yeah. people have to make a number and you don't look after a brand and then we're there killing our, we were there killing ourselves in head office you're trying to do whatever and then you hear that it's down and yeah so you've got some discount store for, so you're selling in harrods yeah. for let's say 100 pounds and you've got a discount store for 50 pounds brand damaging brand killing yeah then this I, is ross's thing yeah it's like oh my god you're killed i know i get very 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 emotional about brands then I moved to the best career of my life. I went to Luxottica. You're probably thinking, who? Luxottica are the world's biggest eyewear manufacturers. They own Ray-Ban, Oakley. They've got retail divisions such as Sunglass Hut. Um, in the UK, they've also got David Clulo. Um, Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, this company... Then they license brands. Oh, sorry. sorry they license the brands. License. Chanel, Prada, Bulgari, Tiffany, Michael Kors, Ralph Lauren, Dolce Gabbana... Everyone. So Everyone. if you follow me on social media and you would see me like when I'm in Roz's house and I'm like, oh my freaking God, the sunglasses. The sunglass collection is just out of this world. It's amazing. It's yeah. And uh, so the guy that created Luxottica, um, Mr. Del Vecchio, he, it's an amazing story. He was this little orphan boy um, and basically made this company out of nothing. So there's a real spirit of entrepreneurialism which is amazing. And that's how the company is able to thrive and grow. And that spirit is through the whole way down the company. It's part of the DNA. And that's that's one of the most amazing, amazing, amazing things. And um, you were there for how many years? Um, like six years? No, seven. seven. Seven years. And then mm. I was due to move to Milan. Hold yeah. on, though. But what you did yeah. there then, you were... Your so, role. So I looked after... First of all, I looked after... Uh, UK department stores and travel retail and then laterally travel retail globally and it was amazing getting insights into how travel co- retail being sorry airports, in airports sorry. Or airside in airports so how the stores you see sunglasses yeah. it's to do with that in airports and you get some really amazing insights in terms of how people shop so in an airport 
people you have to draw people's attention within about eight seconds you've got three minutes to convert a sale so it's creating a now or never environment whilst trying to explain technology with brands such as Oakley with lenses so that you're driving your average retail price up so it's a really fast-paced dynamic and super interesting if you're dealing with so many nationalities and the way people buy and consumer behaviors amazing 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 and then and Roz but the, but then what's so funny about Roz is and your expertise and knowledge like you'd be walking down the street and Roz would be like that guy's wearing women's sunglasses or you'd be like oh see, <laughs> oh see that pair there that's from 2012 that was a limited edition collection and that's been hand cut by blah, blah, blah. and it's like oh my god the knowledge but can I just say it's amazing how many guys are like yeah and the real deal and I'm like my friend you're wearing women's sunglasses I had a friend on social media and he thinks he's it <laughs> And he's there rocking a pair of Versace glasses, not like my friend, or women's. <laughs> anyway. But I'm sure he looked fabulous. Debatable. Oh but God. anyway, anyway. <laughs> and then after that, I moved to a small niche fragrance company, um, which was very different um, in the sense of the brand had been around since 1870. It'd gone through ups and downs and the overall the brand health in the UK. Some people would look at it thinking, oh, it's a bit old, it's a bit dated. Whereas there'd been mass investment and the brand had majorly turned around a corner. So we were able mm-hmm. to do some superb things uh, within high-end uh, luxury stores. But the one sad thing about beauty, having been away from it for like nearly eight years, seven, eight years, it hadn't changed. I came back in after that period and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, okay, so fragrance it's mm. all about the summer then it's all about september yeah. it was very structured like you yeah. got to land your september you've got to land your summer fragrances you've got to land you got your, your color look it actually yeah. was just like no. i'm like nothing was changed yeah. the cutoff dates were still the same it was just christmas is all signed sealed and delivered by the 31st of august yeah. if you're not done christmas by then that's it you're cut yeah game over you're done then January, it's all about foundation, it's all about skincare, mm. then you move into spring, it's about new colour look, then you move into fragrance and it's summer colour look. And it's all line extensions, so it's not yeah. like you can build a brand and go, great, we've got great products, and it's yeah. like line extension. Oh, it's yeah. Daisy Floral this, or Juicy or Couture. Go- Juicy Couture, Viva La Juicy has like about seven. <laughs> so that's called a flanker, when you've got the original fragrance, yeah. like Chanel do it with Chanel Chance, Chanel Chance so fresh. Yeah. Chanel Chancel Nikki, Chanel Chancel Roz, Chanel Chancel blah da blah blah. But you know, that's newness drives that. Yes, yeah, it does, and fair yeah. enough, fair enough. But it's funny now we look at it and it's got it's the innovation and these little niches like the ordinary glossier. Yeah. But the big thing is, and it's so important in this world where if you go to High Street in London, you go to Dublin, you go to New York, yeah. you go to Milan, it's the same. And I take Zara as an example, and I also take IKEA. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in uh, Burberry and I had to go to Ikea and I walked in and I was with my colleagues who didn't speak any English, I didn't speak any Italian. Ikea was exactly the same as it was <laughs> in London. And I'm like, wow. Mm. It was as if they lifted it up and plopped it down. Just the euro price ticket. Mm. And that's the same with Zara. So people are bored. And this is where our distribution strategy is absolutely paramount in this day and age. Yeah. Does that move on to my question or is it more about how awesome you are? Well, so really, why, why don't you go with your question? My 
but then I suppose so Roz where you are today is yeah. so you've got your current role that we're not kind of going in like I'm working privacy on privacy of whatever big but Roz right is mentoring different people as you, if you're listening like there's you could open her up and we could do this podcast for like four hours and we could talk about co- being commercial and strategies and the way brands are like we could go on forever it's really interesting but I suppose I said right I'm gonna ask you two key questions that I think are you know we can talk for hours on for both of them really um but just really interesting but so yeah I think like you started doing you know Roz helps me a lot and she works with some other brands and she does different mentoring and consulting and stuff which is really interesting cause she's got such awesome experience so my big question really is yeah. because I kind of think when it comes to commercial when it comes to in-store brands all of that stuff it's like everyone you talk to every conference I go to they're like the next big thing or no well the future of retail if you say to anyone they say oh it's all about technology it's all about experience it's about being going into nike and you can design your own runners and bang you get them either whenever like that's it whatever it is or aspinall that they'll do your like initials you know whatever it's all tailored hey, I like to that. you <laughs> i know it's all tailored like everything can be tailored but if you look at what's actually going on, it's a complete contradiction. Like in Ireland, all about price. Everyone, all they care about is the price of something and it's all about fight to the bottom. I think, I believe we've pretty much hit the bottom now. Like you can't get cheaper and people are being exploited all over the world in order for these prices to be delivered. And like, where to next? Like, how is this going to play out? Well, I think you mentioned a really important thing. You know, you think we're already at the bottom. Look what's happened with House of Fraser um that's quite a big thing i mean constantly on the news we're seeing companies going into administration into liquidation and it's yeah and for me the big thing is these people or these big multiples Mm. whether it's retailers whether it's brands they've lost sight of who their customer is it's about more 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 money 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 yeah profit 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 they're not thinking customer journey Mm -hmm. they're not thinking what the customer wants they're not thinking how to engage Yes, you'll get people popping up and doing retailtainment, which is a little bit of yeah. animation theatre yeah. and store, but it's not driving consistency. It's not, it, yeah, and it's not, it's not, maybe not It's relevant. there right then, yeah, yeah, you make a bang when you do that activity or, you know, you do but then a store are, in Selfridges yeah. and bang, but then you can't, it doesn't. You've lost it. How are you yeah. following up? Yeah. How are you re-engaging that consumer? The big thing is, if you can get someone into your brand once, the even bigger thing is, how do you get them to become a repeat customer? That is the absolute key. It's keeping someone engaged, keeping them alive, understanding their needs. What is their trigger to making them emotionally purchase? Believe it or not, even if there's guys listening, there is an emotional trigger inside of us to purchase. Now, whether that's you going food shopping, I'm emotionally purchasing because I'm really hungry or I deserve the most amazing meal because I've worked mega hard at the gym, I've had an awesome week at work or I'm actually going to only buy vegetables because I'm on a diet. There's mm. a reason behind why we do things, okay? Even down to washing up tablets, there's a reason behind everything. So it's making that customer journey easy. It's making mm-hmm. it simple. It's engaging with the consumer and it's holding on to that consumer. People aren't doing that. And when they lose sight of that, they just go to price. So then you're losing all four points of entry, mm-hmm. all four points of engagement. And people just go, right, okay, going for yeah. price. That's why Lidl's doing well. That's why Aldi's doing well. But then you go into somewhere like Whole Foods. They're doing well because they're touching those four key yeah. points. So not everyone wants price. No. But they're 
it this like not everyone wants price, but it's so hard to. I think price becomes like to be the whole food. You need but, massive amount of money in order to create that experience. Not necessarily. You can the price becomes secondary when you start to storytell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this was a big thing, even within eyewear. You know, if people understand, actually, you know, these are all handcrafted in Italy, mm. blah, 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 then people get an emotional connection and then it creates want, lust and desire. Once you've engaged want, lust and desire, price point is secondary. If you just pick up an item and say, oh, yeah, it's 200 pounds, 200 euros, and people are like, <gasps> yeah, and it's all about the price point. And it's like everything, things switch. So we all have been living in a world where everything's everywhere. Like you said, everyone has freaking Ikea houses and, you know, and it, and it's that. But actually, it's great to have something different. Like, we're it's like everything, you know, the 80s was crazy, like crazy fashion. And then the 90s was yeah. super minimalist because it immediately rebels against the previous. Yeah. So I feel like everyone is wearing Zara everyone is wearing the same thing yeah and their houses look the same so this is why and therefore it's got to flip so it's got to be if you can get if you can get there and you're a small business with something unique and different you absolutely will win the game because the millennial the whomever the new consumer they don't really know it yet but they're getting there Yeah. yeah so for me the big thing going forward it's all about the the distribution strategy is about the supply and demand. How easy is it to get it? You know, I look at some of my friends who are in Scotland, they come to London because they cannot get it. They're not mm. going to shop in Zara. They're going to shop in Harrods. They're going to shop in Selfridges. They're going to go to Liberty. They're going to go to Shoreditch, to some of the little yeah. boutiques there. They're going to go to near Liverpool Street, to Spitalfields. They want to go to somewhere different to get something unique, to get something individual. That is the key. Yeah. That's what's going to drive us And it forward. also explains how many small businesses are now come. You know, there are so many small If you want to start a business, yeah. start it now. Yeah. Really start Build it, it now. Build it, learn, and be ready for when people just want something new and different. Don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Now is the best time. There's saturation in the market, and people are like going, oh my God, don't do it now. Do it now. Mm. People are craving something But different. people are trying it as well, because even if I look at like online stores, like... I feel like I don't really have that a competitor now. Like my shining armor does has competitors but doesn't have a direct that's the exact same as XYZ. But you see you tell online you online tell the story. Yeah. You, there's a personal aspect to that. So people want an emotional connection. Yeah. Plus it's you're creating now it's never. always yeah. different. I'm not looking at other people to go, Oh, I'm gonna get the same products as those. I'm just gonna go and find new products that I can't find anywhere else. So immediately my shining armor is all new, different, always and once it's gorgeous pink flamingo uh, espresso they're coffee not cups, not, we're we're espressoing out of yeah what are they called dodos spoonbill all right spoonbill Never sorry apologies but they're once cute. they're sold out they're gone yeah and it's creating that yeah. never never mentality which yeah. I love I know because I get bored easily it's my it's my superpower um can I just say yes she does get bored easily <laughs> anywho. So that kind of answers that question. So I suppose I, being a small business person, have a lot of small business people following me. So mm-hmm. if you could give them like three key tips that you would say if they were like, oh my God, I want that girl to mentor me. What would you say to them? I'd say have a business plan, okay? And people get freaked out by the word business plan. So plan your next 12 months. Keep doing it in terms of a rolling succession. So you need to plan your finances. And keep oh. account of 
that's what I probably didn't do in my first or second year. Yeah. So Keep account what had happened. So yeah. when you look at it next year. So what you've spent, what you're spending. So you've got a calendar so you know what is happening, when it's happening. And you also want to be forecasting. So you know, for instance, in November 2018, I am going to be spending X amount on buying new product. Because what you don't want to do is come January, you're like, oh my God, I have way overspent. How did that happen? So you know if you're underspending, overspending, so therefore you can therefore adapt and change your strategy. So if you're underspending, it's like actually come November, mm. I've got an additional 2,000 I can invest into stock. Mm. So it's being really kind of clear on your numbers, knowing how much you have to invest, knowing how much you have to generate yeah. to therefore give you that level of investment all about the numbers it sounds really dull and really boring but when you know those numbers inside out one that allows you to make faster decisions and that allows you to gain pace and when you Mm. gain pace and you become fast people become very responsive and you tip number one plan plan tip number two now you know your numbers tip number three i would say it's all about being responsive and reactive Well, actually, let me change that. Proactive and reactive. I always work on an 80-20 model. 80% being proactive. That goes back to the numbers. and Proactive as proactive, being like... Planning ahead. Yeah. Okay, so therefore, if something big comes up, like you get a massive bill, it's like, right, actually, I can account for that. I will move this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and this. Or you get a big order. It's planning ahead. Yeah. Okay, but you know what, that scale will change because I'm saying 80% proactive to 20% reactive. You might find there's times where you're 99% reactive because you're in a space where you've got to do something by Tuesday noon. Yes, mm. that's all reactive. But if you're reactive the whole time, you're going to burn out, you're going to lose the fire in your belly, and you're really going to get disheartened. So this is why I'm all about the planning ahead. And this is why I'm about the numbers as well. Mm. That allows you to then have the ability to relax yeah. and have fun and really go for a gold on it. Yay. And then finally, my, well, my other question, not finally. Roz is, has a superpower. Shh. You're, you're dyslexic. I am. It's her superpower. And I must say, like, so Roz, I love reading books. Like, oh. and to think Roz lives in a world where, you've read books, right? You've read like three books. Damn Brown. I've read Dan Brown, yes. I've read The Da Vinci Code, yes. So, so I think in a world, <laughs> I, it just, it's like, I couldn't even imagine it. In a world like where there's book. so many articles and there's so much information out there that like I would, if I can't understand how to do something, I'd go on to Google and I'd read an article about how to do it. Like how do I do Facebook ads, whatever. Yeah. But um, it's just such a different world. But some of the most famous people, I have a list here. Galileo, Einstein. Steve Jobs, Whoopi Goldberg, Rockefeller, Leonardo da Vinci, Richard Branson, and the wonderful Cher. We're all dyslexic. And I think so many people see it as a disadvantage. And I look at you and I'm like, that is the big, you're so in tune with people and you're observed and you're so emotionally intelligent and you can, you just have an instinct for it that makes it just golden. Like it's golden. But then what I would say is um, one of my old colleagues, he was just, announced that he was dyslexic and um the best analogy i have for it it was like he was wearing a prada handbag then told he was not wearing a prada handbag he was wearing primark the poor guy it just about killed him and then i came out and i just said to him like my friend you've been dyslexic since you were born it Mm. didn't just happen i'm like 
You've had it your it's whole life. Yeah, yeah, it's not disease. It's amazing how people's approach to it. So yeah, reading is not my forte. But you know what? Um, yeah, I'm dyslexic. It's actually really funny, especially when I'm tired. I misread things, and it can come up quite rude. So if you see me laughing to myself, it's it's a completely misread something. I'm like, oh my god, they've said that. Actually, they've not. My eyes are jumping around. So when I read, it's like um watching the words having a rave on a page so it's, it's quite tiring reading but it's fine it's cool i mean vogue can be like can be quite hard going can i just yeah. say that um so know what your know what your weaknesses are so mine is reading and when i was at luxotica but then you can like go for it like you can, I can get speak. up and present yeah. and back but, that, but that's i know i can speak yeah but then one of um the guys that was in my team at lux and he was slightly yeah. junior and he came he came over to me and he's like oh and he was Italian and I'm like is everything okay he's like I don't know how to tell you this I'm like sure tell me it's fine I spotted two typos in your email I'm like oh my god I'm like he was mortified telling me he's like you're British this is your first language and I'm like well thank god so I always get people to check my emails always or I'll help you write something yeah do presentation and and it's like I will get own it like yeah totally I I've got no shame in that and that's the thing people will hide it and it's like don't hide behind it get someone to check you and I think yeah. also people appreciate when you show you've got a weakness as well yeah I have got it heightens your other senses totally like, and utterly your sense of smell you like your attention to detail like oh yeah I mean I go nuts when things aren't straight and but that's just I come from a design background but it's that's just who I am but then. In my last role, I then allowed other people that are like, oh, actually, can you check my email? And I'm like, actually, I would change this round because this is the objective of the email. This is what we need to get back from it. So it's not necessarily the grammatical side that we're looking at one another's emails. It's are we sending the right message in the right tone to get the right information back? Are we building partnership together? So it's not just have I missed the word out? And I tell you my favorite word for missing is not or no, don't like I do not like, and then if I miss the word not, it's like I do <laughs> like. See the issues I get into. It can be flipping dangerous, but it can be quite funny as but well. But then you've come so far, like you've such an incredible career. So it's not like what, like oh, no, what nothing. would you say to someone who's like twenty and they're coming out of college and they've just hated school or I hated school. And... I my parents should get a refund for my school education. I spent it like being told I was thick and I was stupid. Can and I what just, else? I love can I just bit. tell you this? I'm the, the advice you were given. Oh yeah, the advice I was given. Um, <laughs> this is great. Bear in mind, my parents paid for my education. I was told to go and be a nurse. I'm like, I hate hospitals. Like, I actually hate hospitals. I've never had a blood test taken in my life. Let's all touch wood to that one. And the next thing was, oh, go and find yourself a rich husband. Marry well. Marry well. Well, I did that and I failed at that. But the career is going not too badly. <laughs> so, I mean... I did remind, actually I've got a school reunion coming up. I did remind my rector of that. He seemed to have forgotten that when I'm like, really? Not a rector, a principal. No, he's called a rector at my school. Headmaster. Okay. So yeah, then I went in Scotland, you could leave at the end of fifth year. So I left at the end of fifth year. People went and did more exams. I was like, why put yourself through that? And then I went skiing. So like, I used to ski because I hated school and yeah. So I went skiing for a year. in Scotland? No, I went over to Andorra, skied for a season, got my coaching qualifications then yeah. I got a skiing scholarship to get into university, which is the... You just went... You didn't look at it as a negative. You just went on and did it. Yeah. Oh, I did the tall ships race. It was amazing. And that's why, for me, sport is so important. You never get a coach ever saying to you, 
oh my god you cannot do that you cannot do that a coach will always get behind you until you can and then they break it down so if you really can't do something they break it down into something so simple and you keep doing the practice you keep doing the training until you can do it and this is what annoys me in the workforce people will openly tell other people no you did an awful job at that nikki you're shit at that yeah so are people really going to be inspired so this is my big thing it's just it, and this is why to me sport is so important um, and Nikki like rolls her eyes I know, when I, I get like really I get passionate it. I get it. so it's important to me because that's what kind of got me out of like if you hadn't had sport yeah. you were what they said you were oh yeah oh I was shit I was a disaster sorry for swearing um, yeah uh, I was going to marry well or badly and be a nurse I mean can you imagine me being a nurse oh god oh and that is the hardest career in the world. Do not get me wrong, but oh God, I'd just be crying in the corner. I'd be no use to anyone. So You didn't consider it though, did you? Oh Jesus, no. I was like, I'm out what of here. What did you want to be when you were young? Um, no, I wanted to kind of get into PR and communication, but then I can't okay. write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine being with all, with some, all the and don'ts? And you know what? Out? Now, like dictation exists, right? So you could just dictate something. You can get like dictation on your... You can dictate stuff on your mind. You have to set it up yeah, and like let yeah, you dictate. Look, I get round it. I just have to reread it or I send it to other people. Yeah. I get people to check it. But yeah. it's just knowing... It's what, just the way it is. Yeah, it's like... Numbers I'm amazing at. It's um, like... My, if my math teacher... Like I'm short. Yeah. I can't reach things. I just freaking guess too. Or you, you, you get... I get a big long spoon to get the stuff <laughs> off the top shelf. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Know what your weaknesses are. So for me, it's reading and writing get people to check it it's you're not a failure for yeah. doing that and do you when you do you like when you're getting hired do you go i am just yeah i did it. tell some person well first of all when i was younger you have to write it in a form and can i just say the what? guy that developed the name dyslexia how <laughs> rude are you i mean seriously how many silent letters are in the word dyslexia <laughs> so i got into trouble so i couldn't spell the word dyslexia so he thought i was being really facetious i'm like no i really dyslexic it, but i can't spell it and they're like, we don't know if you're being serious or not. So, yeah, actually, when I was employed at Luxottica, you could just see he's my boss's friend. He looked at me. Actually, no, I got the job and I told him. I'm like, yeah, I'm dyslexic. And he's like, didn't know what to do. He's like, <gasps> And I'm like, relax, it's fine. It's just, I just need to, like, triple check emails. It's fine. The numbers are amazing. And it's fine. It's just like. And your number is bang. You're like numbers head. Da, 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 da. Yeah. My dad's I'm... the same. So my dad is like, never, he failed his junior cert, didn't do his leaving cert, went on to be very, very successful. Yeah. He reads a lot though, like, which is why, but he was never diagnosed and my mum was like, he, but there's different forms percent, of dyslexia. Yeah, but a million percent, yeah. like, just didn't do school, like, because I had to go to special classes, which was, yeah, they were, sh- well, for- they were awful. So fortunately, yeah. you were in, a, your parents were in a position that they could, no, they kept no. trying to tell me how to say bath, bath oh and i'm like no i'm scottish bath it's just bath and i'm like oh my god and then one of the other guys that's in my class he would roll his eyes with me and it's like jesus god in heaven oh sorry sorry if i offended anyone um um, yeah but he then got an a in his english and like in like a level o level whatever they are yeah whatever they are and um, he's now like in politics or something like that doing like super well and he like reads loads this is the thing yeah it's not, do you know what? I see dyslexia as being an enabler because you're yeah. weak at something else. You're so weak mm. at something else. You're so amazing yeah. at something else. Whereas people that aren't dyslexic, they're just, you know, mediocre at everything. Yeah. So that's oh, what. Oh, that's like sorry. me. I'm yeah, just mediocre. mediocre. <laughs>
<laughs> and what would you say then? So, like, if you said, so someone's listening and they're like, their kid is like six or seven or something, and the teachers are like, I think, you know, there's a problem here. What would you say? To, and they're freaking out thinking. Don't call it a problem. Yeah. It's not a problem. It is not a problem. Um, it's something amazing. So, do you know what? If your child is drowning in uh, trigonometry, Sukatoa. I've never used that in my life. Yeah, for trigonometry. Google it. It's how you calculate all your different angles. Anyway, um, if they're drowning in that, you know what? It it's fine. Embrace what they're good at. Yeah. Really get behind what they're good at. And I have to say, my parents were amazing. Um, they didn't push me. Um. And you know what's really interesting? These were like, oh, they were speaking to other parents. Moms were like, oh my God, there's like millions of homework. And then I just said to my mom, I was like, well, what's the point of me doing it? I mean, told them shit. Yeah. So I'm like, why waste my energy? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Use my energy. Marry for... well. Yeah. Marry <laughs> seriously, my God. Like, so oh, I'd rather just go skiing. And sorry, yeah. when I say skiing, I'm not some la-di-da. Skiing in Scotland was just like a whole bunch of doormats stuck together. It's like really bristly. I still have the marks. Oh, so like, it's yeah, not, It's a dry it ski slope. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's about the Jesus. length of... I don't know, it's like maybe 200 metres, not even that long. But it just meant that I didn't have to do homework. Yeah. So it's finding different avenues. Yeah. And then everyone was so obsessed. Because with, look at yeah. all these Einsteins and whatnot. Like dyslexic people, a lot of them become quite... They're Amazing. just super strong yeah. at something else. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, my big thing is, please don't say it's a problem. It, it's yeah. not. It's absolutely it's not. It's a superpower. Yeah, it's look a superpower. Look at you. Yeah, amazing. Killing it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, one, it's not a problem. And two, embrace it and find out what they enjoy and get behind what they enjoy because that's going mm. to be their superpower. Don't suppress the superpower. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Accessorizing is my superpower. That is your superpower. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, you're very good at that. I own the hashtag. Well... <laughs> Um, and I suppose so let me interject now something just came to my head like what I get I don't know if I've ever been like I do I say thank you don't I thank you so much for like helping me and mentoring me I think there's people who've like played a part in my shining armor in the wings who are the true heroes in she my made eyes. me load a palette last year can I just say in student I made, watch I've made Roz work for free on many occasions she did the pop-up shop she flew to Ireland for the pop-up shop in Dublin last year I stayed in a really bad Airbnb <gasps> but I didn't care because I didn't sleep eat whatever for like a week yeah. um, but we had we had a really good time we did Stylist Live it was really Live. good fun we did Stylist Live can I just say you know, and we're on the homepage of Stylist Live yeah we are good check us out <laughs> and uh, when you put something on a palette it's literally the cling film that you yeah. use in your food Yeah. so I know how to do that yeah it's a twisty, mechanic thing. Yeah. No, you stood a watch. You run around the palette and get it really nice and tight. Yeah, and we had to go ba doom ba doom. Yeah, I did yeah, that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. I think like you've really pushed me in the right direction and you've been a great mentor and consultant. Thanks. But it works both ways. Yeah. It works both ways. It's good because I think it's, you've seen that you get such a kick out of it. Yeah, and it's good. It's really good. It's... It's good because you see, you're kind of, you reap your own success. Yeah. So if I'm giving you good help, yeah. good stuff is yeah. happening. Yeah. It's like. It's like double karma. Yeah. Yeah. It's giving out good and getting back good. I must say, the mentor good. thing, I found it really hard to find. 
because you don't want to be asking like people that you really think wow they're doing you know and you kind of know them but you don't I think it's really having the trust it's hard to approach people yeah um and also I think you have to give something back like you have yeah. to give a mentor something you can't just rock up to someone and be like hey I think you're great be my mentor the one you know? thing I would say and I would say you're very good at um for me, say coaching yeah. you or mentoring you, you're very open and you yeah. listen. Okay. And I would say that is my biggest advice to people is listen and observe. Um, so whenever I'm going through, say, something, whether it's in my personal life or my career, mm. I will get as much advice from people from all different areas and aspects so that I can gauge a really strong opinion in terms of what's yeah. happening, whether I'm looking at analytics, whether I'm taking an opinion get as many yeah. kind of but then I say as well there's a lot of people who want to give you free advice and you don't have to take it all no you like pick and choose absolutely pick, and know? this is, comes back to yeah. trust and it's different mentors as well like so you would be my strategy sales commercial kind of thing whereas then I have a marketing mentor and then I've got the big scary dad mentor who's but do that's even a, call him a, a mentor like but that's different that's, when I'm absolutely screwed and I'm like oh my god I'm like dad can I ask you a question please and he kind of sits up because he knows it must be a really tough thing but I then she doesn't decide. listen to him it's really interesting she's like no, no no it's fine it's fine it's fine but then when it gets to scary yeah when it gets to like yeah okay so do you know what it's when I'm being I would go to him when it's something that I know I'm being too nice and too soft about and he'll go don't take crap from people it's that kind of stuff yeah and then you'll go, yeah. Yeah. No, you are. You can yeah. be very so but that's that's not a bad no, thing. No, and I'm like, do you know what? That's who not I am. I'm not gonna become yeah. some hard untrusting person. I have like, worked in very big organizations and the way people speak to one another is just not acceptable. Yeah. Um so is that a bad quality to have? Just no, it's what not. It's again it comes back yeah. to like you are who you are, do you know? Absolutely. You can try I couldn't be tougher, like I couldn't. But then just, there are times where it's just having... I can say no yeah. and I can ba- have things like and go, right, okay, I need to take legal action here or whatever it is. And, you know, and you make the call on that. But Done. Yeah. Take. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And so... Be a good human. Yeah. Yeah. Be freaking nice to be, be ethical. Like, I'm like, people say, oh, can I, can I, I'm really sorry. I want to return this. I don't, I'm like, you can absolutely return it. Yeah. Like... Uh, I'm a nice human being you know it's ethics it costs or people nothing. say your customer service is excellent because I'm going to take something back I'm like no this just being like a nice person like yeah that's ethics and actually the law but also <laughs> the law if people aren't nice do I go back no 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 never your feet are very powerful very oh, powerful yesterday and we just walked out the door oh the guy at the Tom Ford store was like oh, <gasps> man. but yeah. it was like a, someone in there someone important well, but not was, important I was like I know we look like crap but we could have been dropping a billion in there we could have been dropping serious money in there and he's like sorry you have to come back and she was turned on her heels and didn't even bother yeah he didn't know if we were going to buy a lipstick or no. if we were going to spend thousands and yeah yeah you just don't and that's do you know what that you just don't yeah. know and you should treat everyone the same yeah and you should treat everyone as if they are going to spend a million or mm-hmm. invest a million because you just don't know yeah. just because they're not dripped like, in yeah. head to toe and designer gear you never know i know or they go to the gym with a super value plastic bag my dad um, goes to the gym well he doesn't anymore but he used to go to the gym in Mount Juliet which is like this nice estate that we remember the, the, the swimming pool and he got up in his super values plastic bag I'm like dad it's person you didn't care 
dad, so funny. It's like. funny when dads get old. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, he never cared. That's his, yeah. his one of his big strengths. He just doesn't care. Like thick skin yeah. cream is but he, important. He just doesn't care. Yeah. Like he's like it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as you, I think it's having in. Yeah, he's not inner, hurting anyone. Yeah. It's no, plastic no, 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 bag. No, no, no. As know? long as you're strong in yourself, yeah. be yourself. Be yeah. true to your own values. Yeah. But um, yeah. Thanks so much. And finally, what yeah. motivates you, Ross? What ticks your boxes? It's not money. Well, I don't think anyone really. It genuinely isn't, isn't money. By what money. motivates me is you need money to do things. Yes, but what motivates me yeah. is the success. Uh, 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 I need coffee. What motivates me is my own success. Yeah. My own winning. My own being in able... the game. Yeah. I love to think of business like a video game. Yeah. And you get to the end of the level and you're like, Dang, yeah, yes. I've done Everything. that. And then you want the next level. I have achieved next, that. Yeah. I am doing that. And also when I do that and I do earn the money, yeah. it's like, right, I can now go to blah blah blah. I can yeah. now go and adventure here. I can go here. I can go here. I can go here. You can make your life interesting and adventurous. Yeah, yeah. and I want to go in the adventure. That's why we're friends, my friend. Bang! High five. Yeah, I do love a good adventure. Yeah. Oh, and Nikki driving a manual car abroad. That's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Ross. Sorry, she's going to kill me now. No, I'm not. I'm like, she I'm, mind. I'm sorry, I'm used to driving the other type. <laughs> automatic? Yeah, automatic. It was great adventure. Hold on, it was something you were bad at. I don't know. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being on episode two. Thank you so much. And do you mind if I say that if people are in, like... Oh, absolutely. Like, Roz is open to mentoring, consulting on stuff. Um, I'm going to put your LinkedIn. Yeah, and uh, contact me through um, LinkedIn. Um, email. Will I put your email address on? Yeah, you can put my email on okay, there. Okay, I'll put it on there. And you can put my Instagram. Oh my God, just put, yeah, whatever. You can contact me. It's Con- not a problem. Yeah, so Roz is kind of like... No naughty pictures, though. <laughs> <laughs> Roz is, I must say, I'd highly recommend her. But yeah, she's open to kind of... She's doing a bit of this as well. And it's she's getting great results. Yeah. Um, She's got one person she's working with that I'm like, oh my goodness, do that for me. She's doing awesomeness. So, yeah. So, thanks, Roz. Wrapping it up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. See you on the episode three.